everyone. Welcome back for another week of Sisters in Crime. This week, we have a special guest telling the story. We have the littlest sister. The one and only. Rachel. Rachel. (laughs) So the youngest sister is uh, telling the story this week. And um, Rachel, why don't you go ahead and, and introduce yourself? I am the youngest of the three. Some might say the most good looking, the funniest, but I am, I'm in college. I study psychology and criminal justice. That's about it. And uh, okay. she plays basketball. That's why she's been in MIA. Yeah, I play basketball. That's the only thing that people oh, remember me good. by. Yeah, because it's sad. Okay. Okay. Rachel is a lot actually she um feeds Caitlin a lot of her topics for she stories. Does. Yeah, yeah. Sarah and Kate come to me for pretty much everything. I so I am me. the the breadwinner. I you would say I I'm the breadwinner in the family. I no. Far from it. <laughs> well, I am. So. Okay, so let's cut the chit chat. Get right into it. Rach, what do you got for us today? I am doing the wood chipper murder, uh, the case of Helicrafts. Have you guys heard of the movie Fargo? Yeah. No. Oh, you have? I have, yeah. Have you watched it? No. Well, I've never seen it, but this case was an inspiration to that movie, which was award-winning. Okay. Nice. nice. Which doesn't really... I don't really like that because it should get no recognition. This dude, he's a bad wow. man. Anyways. That's the problem with a lot of murderers. They yeah. are well too known, and people make podcasts about them. <laughs> so let me give you some background on Helly and Richard Crafts. Helly was born on July 7th, 1947 in Denmark. She was an only child. She was very bubbly and loved um, going to school as a child, which she made friends very easily. She had an inborn ability to learn languages very quickly. In her teen years, she learned French and English and was able to understand German, Norwegian, and Swedish. That's something I always wish I was able to do. I am always fascinated when people can understand multiple languages. Yeah, it's very impressive, especially because I don't even know English. Yeah. She attended a college in England, and by the time she was 20, she was living in France and was working as a flight attendant. Oh, a world traveler. Yeah, with Capital Airways. She heard Pan Am Airways was looking for a flight attendant, so she applied for the job. That is where she met Richard Crafts, who was a pilot. He was 31 at the time, so let's get into Richard. He was born on December 20th, 1937 in New York, which is really, I know, it's really upsetting because that's our mother's birthday. Right. Yeah. I do not want this dude to be compared to my mother. <laughs> or share a birthday with such yeah. an angel. Yeah. Right. She's, no way. No. Yeah. She should be the only one to have that birthday ever. All right. He was one of three children. He had two older sisters. He was a baby. Don't even mention anything to do with him being the baby. Sore um, subject. Yeah. He, his dad was a successful businessman in Manhattan. 
He was a former World War I pilot and a college football player, so Richard had a lot to look up to. Richard attended private school, but he did not excel in it. He graduated high school and tried to go to college, but dropped out and went to the Marines in 1956. In the military, he gravitated toward aviation, which led him to become a certified pilot, which led him to then be a pilot for Eastern Airlines. I think I see where this is going. Now, let me give you some background on Richard and Helly's relationship. Richard met Helly in 1969 in a motel they were both staying at due to their jobs. At this time, he was already engaged, but Helly didn't seem to mind and continued to see Richard. While they were seeing each other, he was having relationships with other women too, and I'm pretty sure she knew, but still continued things with him. They had an on-and-off relationship for a few years. It obviously was not a healthy relationship, and they fought often, and sometimes they would make a scene in public. That's healthy. So then, oh, this is great. You guys will love it. In November of 1975, Helly became pregnant, and they got married. When he was asked why he married Helly, he said, Helly was pregnant at the time we were married. We knew she was pregnant. It was too far advanced for a doctor to perform an abortion, and we decided to get married. Oh, lovely. That's healthy again. They ended up having three kids total. Yep. So if we can't fix it with one kid, why not give it the old good college try with two more? There you go. On November 18th, 1986, Helly and her two other flight attendants got off the plane and drove to Newton to drop Helly off. Once they pulled up to Helly's house, she let out a deep sigh and said Richard's home. This was the last time anyone saw her. Prior to this, Helly had been noticing calls from unknown numbers quite often along with photographs. She hired a private investigator to watch her husband to find out for sure if he was having affairs and make a case against him for a divorce. She was scared to file for a divorce because she knew Richard wouldn't take it well. She told her friends, if something happens to me, just know it wasn't an accident. Her friends knew Richard was abusive because Helly would show up like to places with bruises. It is believed that Helly confronted Richard about the affairs this night and mentioned a divorce. Wow. So then it probably just like spiraled. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. On November 19th, the next day at around 6 a.m., Richard woke up the nanny and the three kids very quickly and drove them to his sister's house because he said the power went out in their house. Helly was not in the car. And when they asked about her, Richard said she will meet up with them later. That's strange. <laughs> yeah, that's very, a red flag. Very, yeah. very sketchy. Days pass and Richard does some weird stuff to his bedroom, like cut pieces of their carpet and th- just throws them away. He also buys a new freezer. Not really the first thing you do when your significant other is missing, but. So she's missing by this point. Like, I mean, yeah, like, no, like she never came to his sisters and like people are wondering, you know, right. where okay, she so is. Like she, people she are never, questioning. Well, yeah, because she never showed up. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A few more days go by and Helly's friends and private investigator begin to really worry and wonder where she is. It wasn't common for her to just vanish without warning, especially when she told multiple people, if something happens to me, don't think it was an accident. Her friends also knew Helly would stand firm on the divorce, which would make matters worse for her because of how aggressive Richard was. Yeah, when when someone says that if something happens to them, it's not an accident and they know who it would be, well, can't really hide that. What was Richard's excuse in those days um, for her missing or for her not oh. being around? 
So over the next couple of weeks, Richard was telling Helly's friends different stories. Sometimes he would say, Helly went to go see her sick mother in Denmark. She went to the islands. And then I also heard he was telling people she went to Florida. But while he was saying this to other people, he was telling to believe the police, I'm not sure where she is. Okay, so she he's got 10 different stories going on. Yeah, there's, yeah, there's okay. like 20 different stories everywhere. And of okay. course, these were huge red flags that prompted the private investigator, the investigator that Richard still doesn't know about. So the, the private investigator was constantly telling the police to pressure Richard and not let up on him. After this, an official investigation started. They interviewed the nanny, Don Marie Thomas. During this interview, she mentioned several, several strange things that happened on November 19th and the days that followed. One of the things was being abruptly woken up on the morning of the 19th and being taken to Richard's sister's house without Helly. The second thing was when she pressured Richard about Helly and her whereabouts. He always answered with, I don't know, until days went by and he said she went back to Denmark. And then the third thing was she also noticed stains in the bedroom that were very strange. Shortly after she noticed them, they were removed. As in removed, he cut large chunks of his carpet. And when yeah. she when she questioned him about the carpet, he said it was kerosene. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because when kerosene gets on my carpet, I just cut squares out and throw. Who them has on. kerosene See, in their in, house? In the bedroom. In, well, your, in your bedroom. Meters, that was probably a thing. Well, yeah. yeah true. You wouldn't I guess. put that on carpet, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even if it spilled, but it just doesn't make sense. Okay, yeah. continue. Yeah, Richard, yeah. you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. So, Helly's private investigator was very frustrated and felt like the investigation was moving too slowly. Once he found out about the carpet, he went out to the landfill, landfill to find the evidence. When the carpet was tested, it showed that there was no blood, so he was telling the truth. Okay, so which is what? very which is very frustrating. I don't think I believe that. Anyways, Hmm, yeah, um, oh, also, I need to add in that this whole time this investigation is going on, he was having affairs with other women. Wow, hell, he was. No. Of course he was. It doesn't shock me. Yeah, never stopped. Like, he didn't ha stop having affairs when she was alive. Why would he stop when she's dead yes. after he's killed? Yeah, like, he's not, he's not smart if he's trying to get away with this. Exactly. All right. So when they started looking into Richard, they discovered that he rented a 2,700-pound wood chipper and a U-Haul truck a day after Helly disappeared. He told um, the rental service that he had cut down some trees on his property. Like, if you are renting a wood chipper, I would hope you were cutting down trees. Like, the fact that he said that <laughs> is weird to me. <laughs> right. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that you need to be doing that, right now. That's the only thing that is made for. What do you right. mean? Well, do we know where, like, did they live in a neighborhood? So, the thing about them is, I don't, they, they never really said where they lived. But they made like $125,000 a year, which put them like in top 5% yeah. of like wealth. But right. it's crazy that I read that he didn't want a divorce because he didn't want to pay child support. But he made a lot of money. What a piece of shit. I'm sorry. What a I, piece of yeah, shit. I hate him already. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, a snowplow driver came forward and said that he saw crafts using the wood chipper on the side of the road at around 3.30 a.m. on the morning of November 21st. Two hours later, the snowplow driver saw him again. When he got closer, he realized that the wood chipper looked well used and was attached to the back of the U-Haul. He also saw wood chips on the shoulder of the road, but continued to plow. He thought to himself, that was strange. Why would that person be out so early in the morning in the middle of a storm chipping wood? 
makes a good point. Yeah. Right. So then the police rushed to the scene where they uncovered wood chips under a bunch of dead leaves. When they began to look more closely, they found a human thumb, a big toe, bone fragments, material from underwear, a crown tooth, and a mailing label with Helicraft's name on it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and we aren't done. They also found a chainsaw that was submerged in the river nearby. The chainsaw had blood hairs, all st- blonde hairs stuck all in it. They also looked into the rented U-Haul and found some tissue and blood. All these remains uh, belong to Heli. So, um, quick question. What made them look into that river? Just because it was, like, near the there, edge of that road? Yeah, it was literally, okay. like, like, off. Like, it was, like, literally right next to the road. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, of course, Richard is arrested and is sentenced to 50 years in prison in 1990. This was actually the first case in Connecticut where someone was sentenced without a body. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there w- really was no body. Um, yeah. During his whole trial, he had absolutely no remorse and never admitted to the crime. Of uh, course. Honestly, that doesn't surprise right. me. He's very narcissistic. You can just tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, you guys are going to love this. He got out 20 years early due to statutory good time. Are you kidding me? Which allows for a no. large amount of time to be taken off of prisoner sentences as a reward for good behavior. That this is actually no longer a thing, but Good. since it but since it was when he was convicted, it applies to him. So now he is 82 years old, living in a transitional housing program for veterans, and will be f- a free man in June. No thanks. That's bullshit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just complete for good behavior. He put his wife through a friggin' wood chipper, but after he chopped her up. Oh, so I never really went into detail. So he, you know how he got that freezer? Yeah. He, he froze her for a while. I don't know how long, probably a day. And then used the chainsaw to cut her up. So like there really was no blood because everything yeah. was frozen when he Wait, put so it in the Wait, so then how did he kill her? I, I figured he just cut her so up. So they could, they, they couldn't really tell because there was no body to like you're, see. You're but right. the, um, according, say? according to like what they could see, they said blunt force trauma. Oh, probably to the head, and yeah. I think they did go back and they did see that there was some blood in their bedroom, but y- yeah, the carpet had blood. Yeah, Come the on. carpet had to yeah. have blood, and he probably like, did something in there. Everything I read, there was so many different stories, but like they all kind of lined up. But it's just hard because there was no body, and he never admitted to anything, so they were just going off by like what they guessed, pretty much. I'm honestly surprised he was convicted. So he never like admitted to killing her, or saying why he killed her. No, he he wouldn't he wouldn't really talk. He just had no remorse. Just didn't seem to care. And he still got out on good time because I feel like usually if you're like willing to confess and plead guilty, you'll get less. You time. know, you know, yeah. But you know what else I think has to do with it? So he became like a part time police officer. I don't know how you can just become a part time. He he became a part time police officer. So I think that had something to do with it too. Are you kidding me? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Wow. And I don't know. Like, you're probably so, kidding, or yeah, probably. And, yeah. <laughs> like, no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, and like, he was just a really crappy man. He just, you know, cheated on his wife, always spent a bunch, yeah, always spent like, a bunch of money. And like, she was also scared because he spent all of his money on like guns and he was like, was obsessed with guns. <gasps> Ew. 
Yeah. He just seems like a really crappy person. Like, he didn't want, I hate to say this, but like, it didn't sound like he wanted to be a dad. And oh, no. I didn't I want mean, to be her. I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but it's a red flag when you're hanging out with someone who is engaged and neither of you care. Right. And um, he, he, before you even got married or pregnant, he was hanging out with other girls and you knew. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't, people make mistakes, but that's, that's a tough one. You can't like making mistake over mistake. Yeah, but they don't need to pay their life for mistake. No, no, absolutely not. Especially when she tried to get away from it and he didn't like it. Yeah. Which is like, I don't understand why he like just let her go. Well, he didn't want to pay child support. Then just don't pay child support. Don't kill yeah, her. They they right. they did say that she had the divorce papers, but they were never served. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Poor Helia. Yeah. And like she had to know, and she told so many people that if something happens, it's not an right. accident. Right. So I mean, like it, it is obvious that it was him. How do you like? He was the one who rented the wood chipper and the U-Haul, and her yeah. body was in it. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now that makes me want to go watch Fargo. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm not into all that. He doesn't need any fame. Yeah, he doesn't need any more fame than what we just gave him. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's a he's a free man right now. Well, he will be. Isn't that terrible? I mean, he's 80-something, but still. I don't care. I do not care. I There's no way. All right. Well, um, Rach, that was a really good one. Thank yeah. you for uh, sharing. And, of course. Uh, we hope to um, have you on a little bit more. I know your schedule is a little busy. All right. Well, we will see you next week. I've got a very special episode for you next week. Do you? I know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, out here, she's out here giving all the teasers. I'm a little teaser. <laughs> well, now you have all three sisters. You have all three sisters in a crime. I feel if like you guys don't already. Please follow us on Instagram, Sisters Letter in Crime Pod. And if you have any suggestions, please either DM us or email us at Sisters in Crime Pod at gmail.com. And we honestly haven't kept up with our website, so don't really go mind your business. <laughs> mind your business. Your girl's been on a new job, okay? Like I've been yeah. saying for the past month, okay? Yeah. It, it's a lot. But we'll get it updated. We keep our Instagram updated. And um, we love you three people that listen to us, including our mother. Um, (laughs) And all right. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.